the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today is an encore presentation of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. We're not taking your calls today, but thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, kicking it in the nation's capital. You ready to talk on this Tough Topic Tuesday? Let's go. Live from our nation's capital, welcome to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. An expert on race, religion, and relationships, Dr. Anderson wants to talk to you. Our phone lines are now open. 888-432-7434. And now, please welcome Dr. David Anderson, your bridge-building voice in the nation's capital. That's me. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. I'm hanging out with you here in the nation's capital. And you can see on the screen there, this lovely young lady that's hanging out with me today. I'm going to introduce her to you in just a little bit, Ms. Allie Eastham. You don't want to miss the interview and an opportunity to call in uh, today. It's going to be an exciting show. Of course, if you are new to the show, let me tell you how we roll. First of all, we've got Marriage Mondays, Tough Topic Tuesdays, Wisdom Wednesdays, Theological Thursdays, and then open phone in Fridays. Anything you want to talk to me about on Friday is fair game. But today is Tough Topic Tuesday. I'm going to deal with the tough topic of Christian education, multiculturalism, and racial reconciliation from a white girl's perspective. Are you ready for this? You want to jump in on this one, I'm sure. In fact, if you want to call me and talk about it, my number is 888-43-BRIDGE. If you want those digits, it's 888-432-7434. Now, before we get started, as we always do, we want to open in just a short word of prayer, uh, and then uh, I'm going to talk to my special guest, and we're going to open the lines for your phone calls as well. Come on, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity you give us to have conversation that helps us build bridges, and so we just pray that our learning would be great today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Together, everyone said amen and amen. Well, listen, folks, 888-432-7434 is the number live in studio, and I'm holding up something called Listen. This is a, a book, if you will, that has a collection of stories from voices that need to be heard. And Ms. Allie Eastham wrote this, and this collection comes from her listening to the stories of people of diversity. Listen, at the Moody Bible Institute. That's where I was the first black president of the student body way back in 1980-something-something. And, uh, you know, I would hope that, boy, it's really changed. And it's much more diverse now after all of these years. Well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But Allie Eastham is with me today. She's a senior at Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, majoring in human services and pre-counseling. After graduation this spring, she plans to take a year off to see where God is leading and what passions he places on her heart. She recently compiled these stories from African-American students on her campus about their life at Moody. 
Allie Easton, welcome to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad you're here. You're a senior at Moody. Before we get started, let people know just a little bit uh, about yourself. In, in full disclosure, I've known Allie Easton all her life. <laughs> yes, I grew up here in Columbia, Maryland, um, to a Christian home, and I um, grew up at Bridgeway, which is a multicultural church, and ended up attending a very diverse uh, high school, uh -huh. and I think that played a lot in shaping my worldview, and, um, and then I currently attend Moody Bible Institute, which my older brother also attended. Um, and I hope to go into counseling. Well, I went to Moody Bible Institute as well. It was a pretty white school at the time. Is it still that white? Yes, okay. it is a predominantly white institute. We do have um, other uh, ethnicity ethnicities that right. do attend the school. Um, I think it's grown in its diversity, but right. it's still predominantly white. Gotcha. So what's it like when you are at the Moody Bible Institute? It's predominantly white. Did that feel... Did that feel good to you or did that feel kind of odd to you because you came from a multicultural environment? I think it was definitely a mix of emotions. I think um, being white, I think I was able, able to rest in that ignorance of not really being able to fully understand what the black students or minority students on campus were going through. So I think being a person who's white, I was able to be comfortable there. I was able to have friends and um, really enjoy my professors and my classes and maybe not see a lot of the problems that were occurring. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I think it was very shocking to be on a campus that was predominantly white. And I think I came to understand a lot of the intricacies mm. um, of a predominantly white institute and it was it was sad I think being um, coming from a school that was very diverse coming from a community that was very diverse in a church that was very diverse mm -hmm. and especially a church that celebrated um, all of the different cultures mm. and then entering into um, an institute where that they didn't feel as celebrated mm. um, or supported I think it was very hard to see my brothers and sisters go through some of the experiences that they were going you through. You think that you were more sensitive and empathetic because of your upbringing? And I ask that question because how many of those students have come from a predominantly a majority white culture in their church, in their school, in their neighborhood, in their life, and then they go to Moody Bible Institute? Is it possible that they just wouldn't be as empathetic or even see uh, the things that you saw just because of your experience growing up? Yes, absolutely. I think that coming from a context that was more diverse, I was able to see a lot of the hurt and the pain that was going on. Mm -hmm. And um, whereas a lot of other students tend to come from very isolated white communities mm. and that leads them to not see a lot of the microaggressions that are occurring um, either by their own doing or by that are occurring just around them. Understood. And so then you took on this project uh, called Listen, a collection of stories from voices that need to be heard. Tell us about the project. What is it? Yes. So Listen came about as I took a course at Moody um, on black liberation theology. It was during a directed study of mine, which is where um, 
I came together with a professor at my school and we crafted a course uh, uh-huh. around something that I desired to learn about. And um, it was me along with two other students. Um, and we met with this professor and um, read a series of books and discussed those books um, all revolving around uh, black theology and black liberation theology. Hmm. And um, at the end of the semester, we were asked to either write a paper on a topic or uh, do a creative project. And so I decided to capstone my class by creating this book. Um, I interviewed 10 uh, African-American students at my school, Mm -hmm. asking them about their life, about where they grew up, their role models, how they got to Moody, and how their experience has been at Moody, and then where they desired to go afterwards. Wow, well, I'd love to hear a lot more uh, about that. We know that it's about 5% uh, African-American population at Moody Bible Institute. I'd love to hear uh, what that conversation was. The fact that you were even able to have that course, you know, I uh, didn't have that when I was there. It's a, a self-directed course where you could direct your learning, at least for uh, one course. So, you know, thank God for that. Sounds to me like it could be really helpful for a lot of students if they had this kind of course. When we get back, I want to hear from you what you got from the course and what you got from the project. We'll be right back. Dr. Anderson would love for you to join his Facebook page and subscribe to his YouTube channel. Just search Dr. David Anderson on Facebook and click like for Anderson Speaks on YouTube and subscribe. They're a great way for you to connect with and follow Dr. Anderson. Plus, you can watch Dr. Anderson's radio program live or search past episodes. You can also connect with Dr. Anderson and his sponsors at andersonspeaks.com. Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson on Facebook, YouTube, and andersonspeaks.com. Check him out today. If you live in the Bowie, Greenbelt, Glendale, or Woodmore area, anywhere in that vicinity, guess what? Laser Landscaping LLC wants to make your lawn look beautiful. They will mow your lawn. They'll edge around the outskirts of your lawn. They'll put up plants, whatever you need to make your house pop. They'll do it for you. Give them a call, 240-516-4967. That's 240-516-4967. Ask for the owner, Fidel, and tell them that Dr. Anderson sent you. Andrew Altman, founder of Best Buy Waterproofing. I hate to see people wait to replace the roof. I'm working on a roof right now where the wood underneath the shingles and the ceiling in the kitchen needs replacing because of roof leaks. Don't let this happen. Get a free estimate before the storms arrive. You deserve the best. Call Best Buy Waterproofing and Roofing. Best Buy Waterproofing Welcome back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. For more information about this program or for resources from Dr. Anderson, please visit andersonspeaks.com. To watch on Facebook Live or to view past episodes, visit Dr. Anderson's public figure Facebook page. Just search Dr. David Anderson and click like. You can also watch live on YouTube. Just search for Anderson Speaks, all one word, and make sure to subscribe. 
Join our text community and receive a free weekly textpiration from Dr. Anderson. Just text the word INSPIRE to 97000. That's I-N-S-P-I-R-E to 97000. And now, back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. That's me, live in the nation's capital, covering all of D.C., Maryland, Virginia, parts of West Virginia and Pennsylvania as well. I'm your bridge-building voice right here in the nation's capital. And if you want to give me a call, call 888-43-BRIDGE. Some of you are on a bridge right now, so it's real easy to remember, right? So be careful, okay? It's slippery out there. 888-43-BRIDGE. If you need the exact numbers, it's 888-432-7434. I'm joined today by Allie Eastham. She's the author of a project called Listen. It's a collection of stories. Uh, from voices that need to be heard. She's talking about Moody Bible Institute, where she is a senior there. Uh, and as a as a white gal, a white young lady, she uh, really wanted to hear the voices of some African-American students. So, um, Allie, you took a course uh, called Black Liberation Theology. Who are some of the people that you read, and how did that uh, study impact you? Well, we um, read a variety of books uh, by different authors, some more historical by Lerone Bennett Jr. Um, before the Mayflower. And then we also read books such as uh, The Christian Imagination by William James Jennings, who is a professor at Yale, and also um, Black Liberation, Black Theology and Black Power, as well as The Cross and the Lynching Tree by James Cone. Mm-hmm. And those books were very impactful for me. I think that over the time of the course, I was able to see that each person has their own particular perspective of who God is and how they've met him in their experiences and their circumstances. Mm. And hearing from the voices of people like Cone and Bennett and James um, and Jennings, um, I was able to truly just get a glimpse of what the African-American perspective is towards God and um, I think that in learning so much about that, mm-hmm. I was able to see how important that perspective was. Um, and mm. especially for me being a white person, um, to just listen and to see that I need to learn from that as well. I need to listen to that as well. And it is beautiful and it's something that can often be unheard or uh, ignored. It's Christian education, multiculturalism, and racial reconciliation from a white gal's perspective. And that white gal is right here with me. I've known her all of her life. Her family's been a part of Bridgeway Community Church from the time she was born to now. I'm so proud of her. She's a senior at Moody Bible Institute. And even though there's only a 5% uh, rate of African Americans there, she kind of felt the empathy to say, you know what, what's going on here? So you um, did this self-directed course on uh, black liberation theology. For our listeners who may not have ever heard uh, those three words put together before, uh, black liberation theology, what is it and is it valid? Yes. So I would not say that I can speak to the whole of black liberation theology, but from what I have gleaned and what I have learned, um, black liberation theology is uh, the approach of African-Americans to God as liberator for, uh, as I was learning in the book, The Cross and the Lynching Tree by James Cone, um, just as you're able to look to Jesus 
as an innocent, an innocent man who died on the cross and seeing the similarities between him and the innocent lives that were lost um, in the lynchings during mm-hmm. slavery. I think that um, just seeing how God can be a God to people through suffering and through certain experiences and circumstances, but how he is coming again to liberate them from the oppression and the suffering um, that has been caused and is still occurring um, to them today. So it really is a theology that's really based on the culture of the way African-Americans would see Jesus and see God, which can be completely different, or at least uh, from a different prism, maybe from a white perspective of theology. Would you like to speak to that as well? What, how would you define that? Yeah, so during this course, I think in learning about black liberation theology, I was just thinking about how important it is, but how often black liberation theology among with other liberation theologies can be regarded as lower than more major theologies. Mm -hmm. But when you think about what the major theologies are and who they're crafted by, they're mostly crafted by white theologians. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about theology, we have to think about it in its proper context of being white theology, but we don't call it that. Mm. And I think that as we look at black liberation theology, it like we need to elevate the voices of um, minority groups and see them as equally as important as white theologians. Mm. 888-432-7434. My lines are now open. I'm with Ms. Allie Easton. She's a senior at Moody Bible Institute where I went uh, in Chicago, Illinois, and she collected stories from African-Americans that were students there, and we'll dive into that in just a second. I'm thinking about my white listeners right now, uh, Allie, people who are just like yourself. Uh, They're driving in their cars. They're sitting at home. uh, They're in front of their smartphone or computer, and they're hearing this, and they're thinking, no, um, theology is theology. Why are you you, uh, calling it black or or white? Why are you bringing up the race issue? What is... um, uh, what are your thoughts? How do you minister to or help our white brothers and sisters uh, see this as you are a, a white uh, young lady who studied this? This can create a fragility, a guilt, a shame. It can create a uh, we're being divisive. But is it possible that people have been learning their theology for so long from a white perspective but never called it that, that this could be disruptive right now? Yeah. I I think it is something that can be seen as being disruptive or divisive, Mm -hmm. but I think that if we try to forget it or to sweep it under the rug, that it'll just continue to create problems and we'll be dismissing the issue that is at hand. Mm -hmm. But I think that in order to truly address issues such as these and to see people for who they are and who God has created them to be, we need to remember our history. We need to remember um, the perspectives of people who are different than us. So can you give me one example of the difference between maybe a white perspective on theology and a black perspective on theology for someone who's saying, okay, so what is the big difference? And because many of us are evangelicals, um, you know, I'm, I'm white. There We've got people who are brown and Hispanic and Asians and and Africans in our church and whites in our church and Europeans and Russians and everything else. So uh, for the person that may not have ever looked at it from a different prism, do you have maybe one example of how uh, we may be looking at the same thing but seeing it differently? 
Well, I think that when I relate to God and I think about different circumstances and experiences that have impacted my view of God and my relationship to him, um, I think I'm able to perceive him in in a particular way. But then when I think about how other people who are different than me have to go through other circumstances and other experiences mm-hmm. that may be tied to race, I don't have an understanding or comprehension on what that's like um, mm. and how my view of God could be impacted by um, my color. But I think about how people are treated differently because of their color and mm. different oppressions that affect other people. And I think that definitely impacts our relationship with God and how we view him because we see him as someone who listens to us, who hears our cries and when we have different experiences that are impacting what how we're communicating to God, um, I think that very much has an impact on how we relate to him. My guest is Allie Eastham, and she is a young person who's a senior at Moody Bible Institute getting uh, her bachelor's degree. It's in Chicago, Illinois, and uh, she did a project called Listen, a collection of stories for voices that really need to be heard. Uh, in your collection, there was one guy uh, by the name of Daryl who said that a white man came up to him after a prayer meeting and confessed his own racism and sought his forgiveness. Uh, do you think that a black presence on campus makes people recognize their own prejudice, or uh, does it make people feel uncomfortable? I think it's probably a little bit of both. Mm. Um, I think that with people who are different of that like them on campus i think that it definitely it has to start that conversation it brings up things that are uncomfortable but i think that we sometimes need to work through some of those uncomfortable things um to seek reconciliation um and to come together Mm, do you uh uh when you went through the whole project, okay, you listened to 10 people, I suppose you asked them all kind of questions, or did you just ask one or two questions and just let them go, or was it different for every one of the people that you talked to? Yeah, so going into the interviews, I had a set of questions, and I wanted to make the the questions be very more comprehensive, asking them about their life and how they grew up and maybe who was impactful to them, but I also really wanted to hear about their experience Mm. on campus um, as a black student um, so that we could try to support them in the best way possible. Mm. Um, And going into those interviews, um, I think, I don't know, I was able to learn a lot because I think, because I didn't have to experience some of the things that they were experiencing. And they were honest with you. Yeah, they were, which was amazing. Um, Mm. They shared maybe some microaggressions that had happened to them or just different situations of how they've been treated as black students on campus Mm. or things that were happening on campus. And but then there were other students who were saying that um, they didn't feel like their race necessarily had an impact for their experience on campus Mm -hmm. or maybe they didn't experience the same thing that other students had experienced and I think I was truly able to learn that even within the black community there was a diverse experience and not everyone's not everyone's experience was going to be the same Mm, 888-432-7434 if you want to join the conversation feel free uh, to give us a call at this time I've got Miss Allie Eastham hanging out with me live in the studio on Real Talk 
with Dr. David Anderson, and we're talking about Christian education, multiculturalism, and racial reconciliation from a white gal's perspective, going to the Moody Bible Institute in downtown Chicago with a 5% attendance rate of African Americans. I know that uh, there are a lot of African Americans that go to predominantly white schools, and sometimes they try to collect themselves together just for uh, support. Did you find that kind of support uh, among the African Americans there at Moody? Yeah, so at Moody, um, there is a group called Embrace, and basically that serves as the the Black Student Union, the BSU, uh, Mm -hmm. for Moody. And for a long time, Embrace focused their efforts on educating the rest of the community. They would Mm -hmm. hold discussions. They would invite speakers to talk about issues. um, But Mm -hmm. then it became a place where people could just come together and be themselves. And Mm. I think that's really important. Wow. So it became a community amongst themselves, but then also sort of an arm of education for the rest of the broader community. Listen, you're tuned in to you're watching Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. If you want to give us a call, now's the time to get in where you fit in. 888-43-BRIDGE. You're listening to Lighten Up, brought to you by Compassion International. I'm Dr. Wes Stafford, president of Compassion, inviting you to listen and learn as comedian, author, and motivational speaker Ken Davis shares a lesson from the story of Moses. The Bible says he put his knees to the breeze and he buggeth out of there. (laughs) Now, (laughs) see the scholars are going, buggeth is not here. What it means is he ran from the snake. He threw that thing down. He had no idea what was going to happen. He just <laughs> threw it on the ground and went, yeah, wah! and he was gone. You can't tell me God doesn't have a sense of humor. The Bible says that God said, come on back here. <laughs> Moses come back. He's looking at that thing. And then God said, pick up the snake. Pick up the snake. (laughs) There's a technique some psychiatrists use in therapy where they expose the patient to the very thing he or she is most afraid of. People who fear heights wear goggles that make them think they're climbing stairs. People afraid of clowns must visit a circus. God made Moses touch the snake. And it was only when he obeyed that he discovered there was nothing to fear. What's God asking you to grab hold of today? Name it, grab it, overcome the fear, lighten up, and live. This has been Lighten Up, brought to you by Compassion International, releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. Please visit us on the web at Compassion.com. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. 
Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to bamboohr.com slash HR. This is a limited offer only available to radio listeners at bamboohr.com slash HR. That's bamboohr.com slash HR. This is WAVA General Manager Tom Moyer. I want to encourage you to strongly consider getting the COVID-19 vaccine. So many of our friends and neighbors have taken the time to think through the challenging questions on this very important topic. They've learned that it's safe and effective, and they've joined the more than 179 million Americans who have gotten the vaccine. Make your decision, too. Simply go to staywellnova.com. That's staywellnova.com. This message is from the Loudoun County Health Department. HD radio listeners can hear WAVA-FM on 105.1 FM HD1 and hear us on our mobile app and on radio.com. The number one source for uplifting and inspirational online videos is godvine.com. Make your day a little brighter and your relationship with Jesus a little closer by visiting godvine.com. For those who love contemporary Christian music, CCM Magazine is a must-read. Explore the latest redemptive music and the culture it impacts by starting your subscription today. Visit ccmmagazine.com. Let's be boring and do a commercial about cash-out refinances. It's Ryan, and our mortgage team will often have a listener say, I think I understand what a cash-out refinance is, but can't that be bad for you sometimes? So let's hit on that. As with anything, it's certainly not the right move for everyone. If we don't have to, we don't want to add a bunch of years onto our loan or increase our monthly payment too much or pay more in the long run. But because home values have skyrocketed so far up the last few years, while rates have come so far down, we've seen many scenarios where listeners today can pull out a significant chunk of money from the new value in their home while lowering the years on the overall loan, while lowering their monthly payment, and lowering how much they ultimately pay. The key is to just look at the whole picture and be honest with yourself about your situation. If you're looking for someone to show you your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Metal Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Corporate Animalist Number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or you. Listen to your favorite Christian programs anytime on the OnePlace app. Download and listen offline. Stream to your car or automated home device. Download OnePlace at Google Play or the iTunes App Store. The following program has been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Today is an encore presentation of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. We're not taking your calls today, but thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. It's Real Talk. With Dr. David Anderson, Ms. Allie Easton hanging out with me. If you're on Facebook or YouTube, you can see her pretty young face right here because she is uh, a family member, really. Uh, we grew up together. Uh, our families helped plant and start and grow Bridgeway Community Church. So what's interesting is here you have a white gal who grew up in a multicultural church. Then she goes off to college to a predominantly white uh, evangelical school, the one I went to, Moody Bible Institute. And so what we're talking about today, if you're just joining us, we're talking about uh, reconciliation, multiculturalism, and Christian education from a white gal's perspective. And she's telling us what she's been learning as she's been listening to the voices of African-American students on the campus, which make up about 5% of those there on uh, the campus. And just to reboot for those that are just tuning in, Allie Eastham, tell us what your project was. Yes, so during my time at Moody, I was able to create a book of 10 interviews of African-American students on campus, basically asking them what their life was like, where they grew up, how they came to Moody, what their experience at Moody was like, and 
what their desires were for the future. And my purpose in doing so was to celebrate the black voices on campus, but also elevate them and encourage other people to listen and support them. What happened once you did that, this project? Well, it was originally just a project. I had no intentions for where it was going to go next, but I knew that I wanted to do something more with it. And God completely took it away. Um, I, out, out of circumstances that were not my own, a professor ended up getting a hold of my project and passed it on to our interim president. And over the summer, uh, the assistant to the president reached out to me and asked if she could make copies um, because the president wanted to pass it on to the diversity committee as mm. well as the board of trustees. How about that? I was blown away um, at how God was working and how he was continuing to use my project, even though it, yeah, it just felt like something that was completely God. And even just recently, the same professor reached out to me asking if he could make more copies of it um, so that he could use it in a meeting with the Bible and theology department as they discuss um, hard conversations specifically about race and theology. How about that? 888-432-7434. Or if you're trying to memorize it while you're driving, the number is 888-43-BRIDGE. You can also download the Gracism app. And there's a little phone icon. Just hit that icon at the bottom. It'll call me directly in the studio right now. Well, let's go on to, st uh, on to Stafford, Virginia. We have Anonymous who's on the road there. Hey, Anonymous, Dr. Anderson and Ms. Allie Easton hanging out. How you doing? I'm good, doctor. How are you? Excellent. Thank you, sir. What are you thinking today? I'm so impressed with this young lady and her desire to truly do what her writing says, which was to listen. Mm. And truly, that's all African-Americans have ever asked, that our white brothers and sisters listen. We know that they're sick and tired of hearing this, this topic, as you can tell by the fact that nobody's blowing up your phone. You know, they don't want to talk about this anymore because they believe that they had nothing to do with it. And the fact that it should be a dead issue by now, everybody's equal, every the playing field is equal, why do we keep talking about this? But one day they're going to wake up and realize that the playing field isn't equal, mm -hmm. that you just don't cause a group of people to suffer for the number of years that African Americans have suffered. Turn them loose one day and say, now go be normal. It just doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. And until they realize that even as they look at us in our homes today, when you see that the lack of men in the home, when you date that back to the white slave masters who used to walk in at any time and take our wives from us, well, we couldn't even call them our wives, just the women that we were breeding with, that we had to detach ourselves from our children, from our women, because the pain would have been too much emotionally. And so a lot of things that they believe are dead and buried mm. are still spiritually relevant today mm. still affecting us as a community yeah and until they're willing to acknowledge that nothing will change thank you anonymous i appreciate your comments ali when you were talking to african americans at moody bible institute did you get a sense of this divide that this caller's talking about where they feel it deeply they're very much connected to the pain and the suffering that came from slavery in the african-american community and then this other side of the divide of people who dismiss it and feel like you should be over getting over it yes i i think that through some of these interviews i was able to see how this pain and hurt continues to happen and i think that in our dismissal of some of these issues or some of the history that has occurred we continue to be ignorant and blind um to our own actions or to um the hurt and pain 
that our brothers and sisters are going through. And um, on the other side of that, I was able to hear about um, experiences at my own school where people are just unaware. And I have heard people talk about how white privilege is a myth and um, just not acknowledging some of those um, crucial crucial facts. Mm, 888-432-7434. Uh, you used the term earlier, microaggressions. When we get back from our commercial break, I want to ask you, what does that actually mean? And then secondly, what's a white person supposed to do with all this? Listen, if we want to be reconciled, give me something to do. I need something practical, whether I'm black, whether I'm white, whether I'm Asian, whether I'm Hispanic. We, we hear the grievances. What do we do next? 888-432-7434. That number is 888-43-BRIDGE. When asked the question raised by her professor, why are you here at Omega Graduate School? Sebla Hailu answered in one of her essays like this. I was not there just to add a prefix to my name, though that would feel good. The greater purpose of my preparation at OGS is to fulfill my mandate to be a change agent. The doctoral study is a time of preparation for me to see and to think, to understand the times, and to craft my way in fulfilling my calling. Sebla Hailu, a current doctor of philosophy student from Ethiopia, is a counselor and adjunct psychology professor who hosts a weekly radio show in the capital city of Ethiopia and is an advocate for empowering women and children. What is your profession, and how can OGS help you grow to the next level in your graduate education? Dr. David Anderson is the new chancellor of Omega Graduate School, formerly known as Oxford Graduate School, and your education as a working adult is important to him, to God, and to all who will be changed in the world because of your important research. Go to OGS.edu today and apply, or call 1-800-933-6188. Happiness is closer than you think. My listeners already know I believe in professional counseling, and I'm happy to tell you how you can get outstanding counseling right at home, at work, or wherever you feel most comfortable. It's easy with eHome Counseling. You can get an outstanding counselor via video. Convenient, confidential, and flexible. You know, sometimes life is hard, but eHome Counseling will help you. They'll help you through your struggles of depression, anxiety, addiction, or PTSD. eHome Counseling can help, and they take major insurance. So give them a call at 833-40-E-HOME. That's 833-40-E-HOME. Or catch them online, ehomegroup.com. That's ehomegroup.com. Happiness is closer than you think. Want more Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson? You can now catch Dr. Anderson's half-hour radio highlight show on Saturdays at 3 p.m. right here on WAVA 105.1. You'll enjoy recent conversations he's had with callers to this show. Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, Weekend Edition, Saturday, 3 p.m. on WAVA. Check it out. For more information about Dr. Anderson, visit andersonspeaks.com. Does your church have legal challenges? McCullum & Associates has experience with pastor-church relations, administration and organizational issues, church liability and risk management, and real estate matters. This firm understands the legal aspects of the problems, as well as the spiritual implications of those same problems inside and outside the court. Call McCullum & Associates today at 301-864-6070. That's 301-864-6070.
It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. How in the world are you today? Big shout out to Elisa Lazares. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Rebecca Rodriguez, Scott Anderson, Dante Shepard's in the house, and Megan Becker. So many of you, thank you so much online there on Facebook and YouTube at Anderson Speaks. That's how you get to me in social media. So make sure you reach out there as well. I've got Allie Eastham. She's hanging out with me. Allie, how old are you? I'm 21 years old. 21 years old. You're a senior at Moody Bible Institute, and we're talking about Christian education, multiculturalism, and racial reconciliation from a white girl's perspective. You have introduced a term that many people may not have ever heard of, and a lot of people may even dismiss. Microaggressions. What does that mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. So, microaggressions, from my understanding, are just things that are kind of worked out of ignorance where... Um, when people don't realize it, they can make comments or um, actions, whether they think it's a joke or whether um, mm -hmm. they're just saying something um, that can offend people uh, of color without even realizing it, whether that's questioning their capabilities or um, just ignoring history. Um, right. It's aggressions on a smaller scale. Yeah, we've heard a term called passive aggressive. Mm -hmm. You know, that whole idea of, you know, I'm going to kind of uh, backhand slap you, but in a passive way, like I don't mean it. And so those microaggressions are s somehow they're slaps, uh, but they're not big crimes. So you can't say, well, that person's a racist. But what they say are these small little building blocks that begin to give you a little sense that uh, their belief system is not only different than yours, but it actually can injure uh, somebody uh, of a different race or a different gender or just uh, you know whatever and uh, oftentimes people will say these things and may not even realize it but sometimes they actually do well I've got Allie Eastham hanging out with me live in the studio uh, let me give you the phone number and we're gonna go to the phone lines 888-432-7434 you want to take a couple more calls sure. now that I've hogged all my time uh, with you let's go to Montrose Virginia and talk to Shelby who's on the line hey Miss Shelby how are you today Dr. Anderson, I am well, and you? I'm alive and grateful. Thanks for hanging out with me. What are you thinking? I knew you were going to say that. Yes, you did, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> I did. Well, God love you. I'm praying for your ministry. This has been a burden on my heart for many years. Mm, but I you. do have, yeah, yeah, I, I do have my own perspective, however. Sure. Um, I'm a 62-year-old 60, Caucasian, mm -hmm. work for the federal government, mm. and the agency that we worked for was actually very lopsided in the number of African-Americans to white to Asian mm. because um, the agency was spread out all across the country. So as uh. you got out into other areas, you know, the races and the numbers changed. I see. But what ended up, yeah, what ended up happening, though, was we hired um, a, a group of um, African-American uh, college graduates. And mm. they basically were not qualified for the job. Mm. And those of us who had been there were expected to train, do work for them. Mm. And they continue to increase in grade levels up to like the grade 14 level, which is getting pretty high in the federal right. government. Right. While the others were kind of hung back at grades, you know, 9 and 11. And I've prayed about this. Mm. I've wrestled with it. I have many, many friends, African-American friends, love them to death. Right. But I just have not been able to swear what what those other things meant. Yeah. And whether is that truly fair to, you know, my father was a chicken farmer. Right, <laughs> right, right. 
Well, let me ask you. He was you, a very poor let, person. Yeah, let me ask you, Miss Shelby. How did how did it make you feel? <sighs> at times angry, at times depressed. Mm. Um, I would work with these folks because I wanted them to succeed and to do well. And they honestly were a little lazy about their duties because I think they were just given their tradition. It's it's a hard, look. I prayed about this call before I made it. Okay. Sure, sure. I know it sounds horrible. This is tough stuff. No, no, no. But listen, your rep- God has an answer to this. Hey, listen, Miss Shelby. First of all, you are truly representing what so many other people feel. But I really, I, I really love that you took this deep breath when I asked you how you felt, and you said uh, frustrated, angry, depressed. Now, I'm not saying what you went through is right, but can you imagine for generations how that must have felt for so many black people every single turn they try to succeed and they were pushed aside? Can you imagine the anger, the frustration, the depression for a whole group of people for so long? Can you imagine that? I can, and I have, you know, chatted with friends and listened and um you know yeah i definitely understand it but i'm not glad that you felt it but i am thankful uh because just feeling it a little bit helps you to empathize and the fact that you would even call and share that that says something to me about your heart and i know you'll get through it and others will get through it but just the fact that you had to experience it a little bit in your life uh as a 62 year old uh white woman you can only imagine what it must feel like for so many for so long and uh, I don't know how to square it, like you said, that circle uh, where you are and where you're working. But the one thing I can square, and that is the Lord empathized with us because he went through things that he really should not have had to go through. But in order to sympathize and empathize with us, he went through it in some way. And that's such a small way. But still, you went through something that can help you at least empathize a little bit with your uh, African-American brothers and sisters. So how do you feel about that? I understand it, but I still can't square. Yeah, I'm not saying I can't either. (laughs) Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Why the particular group of folks that I worked with didn't take the bull by the horns and work their tails off because they do have the opportunity now. Yep. Yep. That didn't happen. So so I just want the conversation to continue. I'm going to continue praying. Dr. Anderson, you keep doing your work. Thank God you. God has an answer for this. I guarantee he has an answer. <laughs> Thank you so much, Miss Shelby. I love it. I God appreciate bless you. you. Bless you back. So when you hear that conversation, Allie, uh, what do you pick up from it? Yeah, I think it's very common to wonder why certain people are given um, maybe – an advantage, especially when companies and organizations are trying to hire intentionally. Um, Often it can be frustrating if we feel that the people who are being hired aren't as qualified. Mm -hmm. Um, But I definitely agree with what you were saying in that people people of color have experienced that same kind of feeling for generations upon generations where other people are given advantages where they were more qualified or um, this, that, and the other. And so I think I definitely agree where people across the board are still struggling, um, no matter the color, but yeah. I think that certain circumstances like these cause us to be able to empathize. Yeah, and it causes us also to have these kinds of conversations, and I have to admit, I was an affirmative action 
candidate. I should not have made it into the Moody Bible Institute, but they took a chance on me, even though I was like a C student, and it was so hard to get people into that school, but because they wanted some diversity, they said yes to me, and look where I am now. So let's hope that there are a lot of other folks that can take advantage of those opportunities. I'm not ashamed of being that kind of candidate. I feel a responsibility, and hopefully you're blessed because of it. I'm coming right back. This is Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Listen to your favorite Christian programs anytime on the OnePlace app. Download and listen offline. Stream to your car or automated home device. Download OnePlace at Google Play or the iTunes App Store. When you consider getting the COVID-19 vaccine, think also about others. Vaccination brings protection from COVID for you and your neighbors, and it brings peace of mind. Getting the vaccine is caring for others. More than 150 million Americans have gotten the vaccine. Join them. The vaccine is safe, effective, and easy to get. Simply go to staywellnova.com. That's staywellnova.com. This message is from the Fairfax County Health Department. In the Army National Guard, family means everything. Our parents, they were really supportive that all five of us would join. I got my education because of the Guard. I got to travel a little bit and experience a whole different culture. It helped me get my job, helped me pay for my house. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard instills pride that you and your family will share. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the Virginia Army National Guard. Aired by the Virginia Association of Broadcasters and this station. What is the next great adventure in your marriage? It can all begin if you're the winner of Family Life's Love Like You Mean It Marriage Cruise for you and your spouse. You can enter daily to increase your chances. You can also download Family Life's free ebook, The Love You Better Plan, 30 Days to Love Your Spouse Better, a collection for each of you with You Can Totally Do This tips to grow closer. Go to wava.com and use the keyword love. Psalm 107, verse 20. He sent his word and healed them. Each evening, Monday through Friday at 9.30, the Healing Word broadcast can be heard on WAVA. Hi, I'm Pastor Jack Morse of the Largo Community Church in Mitchellville, Maryland. Tune in to the Healing Word at 9.30 each evening on WAVA. God is healing hurts, broken lives, broken hearts, and restoring souls. The Healing Word each evening at 9.30. Teaching messages that will grow your faith. Smushed. That's how all the cars looked on a truck I passed recently. Steel pancakes, crushed and ready for the scrapyard. But one day, every one of those cars was somebody's dream come true. Not anymore. Yesterday's dream has been flattened. Like so many of life's dreams. Things we thought were what we were looking for in life. A dream job or home, a big milestone, a romance, a marriage, children. They failed to fill the hole in our heart. In the Bible, our Creator tells us that we were made by Him and for Him. Our soul is restless and lonely because He's missing. You and I have hijacked the life God was supposed to run. So there's a wall between you and the one you were made for. But there doesn't have to be because Jesus died for you to pay the hijacker's death penalty. When you tell Him, Jesus, I'm yours, the wall between you and God comes down and the hole in your heart is filled. We'd love to help you begin your relationship with Him if you'll call us at 888 888- Need Him. 888-NEED-HIM. Become a partner or a sponsor and go to AndersonSpeaks.com and donate. Join us again tomorrow at 3 p.m. and Saturday at 7 p.m. We want you to be part of this conversation. We can't do this without you. We look forward to your partnership and sponsorships. AndersonSpeaks.com. And thank you so very much for your support. 
And thank you, Best Buy Waterproofing. Every single time they do business with one of my listeners, they not only give a $500 uh, donation to the show to keep it going, but they want to make sure that they make you happy and that they can report back to me that you are a satisfied customer. Best Buy Waterproofing and Roofing. If you've got a wet basement, a smelly mildewy basement, or a drip from your roof, you want to make sure to give them a call, 844-980-3707. That's bestbuywaterproofing.com. 844-980-3707. Now, um, we could not take all the phone calls, Allie, uh, but if we could just rapid fire. Anonymous wants to know um, what are some ways that they can learn more about liberation, black liberation theology. There's one. Yeah, I think the best way to learn about black liberation theology is to do research, to um, seek education. Some impactful books during my journey um, were Why We Can't Wait by Martin Luther King Jr., um, the Crossing the Lynching Tree by James Cone, Black Theology and Black Power, also by James Cone, um, The Christian Imagination by William James Jennings, and Dear White Christians by Jennifer Harvey. And I think all of these are very heavy books, um, and it takes time to digest um, and mm -hmm. to process them, but I hope that you'll be able to um, use them and to just continue the conversation. Well, and that's a way to listen, right? They may not be able to sit with the black students at Moody, but they can read uh, black authors around theology to kind of listen that way. Robert, th so that was anonymous uh, on the Capitol Beltway. Robert's in Waldorf, Maryland. He wants to know how to reach others. Uh, what can anyone do to reach out? Yeah, I think, honestly, um, it gets back to listening, to listening to um, the voices around you, um, asking the questions. When I conducted a lot of these interviews, um, people are just so thankful that I took the time and um, to listen to them and to care about this topic. Mm. So listen to those around you, research, educate yourself, and get outside of your comfort zone and get involved um, in more diverse mm. settings. There you go. James in Fredericksburg, Virginia. How do black people navigate even being a Christian with the way things are? Well, James, I would just say you hang in there and trust that God has a purpose and take heart because people like Allie are, are helping us understand uh, even how you're feeling. But you navigate it by talking to the Lord and linking up with people who are in multicultural ministry. That'll help you get through it. Allie, thank you so much for being on Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Thank you again for having me. Let's pray together. Lord uh, Jesus, we thank you so much for the opportunity you give us to have conversations because we believe that comprehension does begin with conversations. Would this be stimulating for all of us as we continue to try to be the bridge builders you've called us to be? For it is in the name of Jesus we pray. Together everyone said, amen and amen. Need electrical work done? Call A-Action. We specialize in electrical work. No job is too small. For electrical work, call 703-922-1900. Problem solved. Hear 105.1 FM WAVA wherever you are on our mobile app or on iHeart. Tune in and now on radio.com. We all have dreams, but most of us never achieve them. Why is that? I'm John Fuller, and on the next Focus on the Family, Kathy Lipp offers encouraging steps to help you discover the godly desires of your heart and then to take practical steps toward them. That's next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Tuesday at 4.30 a.m., 7 a.m., 11.30 a.m., and 8.30 p.m. on WAVA.